0: Got you
1: back go in here, bro. We're back, man. We're back like we never left. It's so good to be here. You know I love this setup, and I always love talking basketball. And I know you talk all sports, but it's always great coming here and talking basketball with you, bro.
2: Yeah, man. Last time that I had you on, I got some good feedback, and I really enjoyed that conversation. We did dive into, like, your background and your, like, playing overseas and whatnot. So definitely go check that out. But Combo's back. Combo's court in the building. Uh, I like how on time you were. Oh, yeah. Like, to the exact minute. You're like, yeah, I'll be here at 1030. And then I get to text, yeah, I'm outside. I was like, God, this motherfucker, man. Look at him go.
1: <laughs> That's half the battle. Get in there on time. Yeah. The only time it's better to be late than early is off a screen. Remember that. Mm, okay. I like that. You got to make that a shirt, bro. <laughs> you definitely got to make that a <laughs> That's shirt. That's a fact. Because sometimes, you know, some people come off too early off those screens and picks And... They don't let things develop. So you got to let it simmer when you're coming off that screen. We're coming into the last couple
2: of games. It's like a handful of games, maybe even less. It's like the last week home stretch of of basketball. I think actually this Sunday it might be the last game of the regular season. So it's even less. I think there's like one or two mm-hmm. games left. Mm-hmm. Um, I've re- I really dive into the NBA after football ends, but right. I do keep tabs. I got league pass and all that. I want to start off with the biggest headline, and it got to be the Lakers, right? Like, look... What a disaster. What a disaster. And you want to talk about a bad take that I had. I was re listening to some of my predictions from the beginning of the year, and it was basically how I loved the Russ move to the Lakers. Mostly because I felt like it was a regular season move, right? You knew AD was going to miss some time because his whole career he misses time. And you know LeBron's getting up there in age, so maybe they rest them on a back-to-back or something along those lines. And then you could let Russ do his Oklahoma City Thunder stuff, right? Run the point. Get his triple doubles, get everyone involved. So I'm like, you know what? Those those Wednesday nights in uh in Cleveland or in Washington, yeah. like they could get away with that, right? Talk about crashing and burning, man. What do you what do you make of the Lakers from what you've seen all year? I mean, they're <sighs> out the playoffs, which I don't think I've ever seen a team that was the preseason favorite from a betting standpoint, not even make the playoffs, bro. Yeah. This is like uh Mount Rushmore collapse, failure, does that, whatever you want to coin it, whatever word you want to throw, that's the kind of thing we're looking at with the Lakers.
1: Look, Russ, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. I think all of NBA Twitter even talked about it. And NBA Twitter is wrong a lot, right? But they were right on this one. Everybody knew it was a bad fit. But it's all not Russ's fault, right? And I don't think it's all Frank Vogel's fault. It's not one person. But I would say a lot of this comes down to AD not coming into the season in shape. He's one of those stars that... Needs to be in shape because he's the vocal point of this offense, along Mm -hmm. with LeBron James. And LeBron James always comes in, in shape, and he played great this season. I think AD needs to get it together in the off seasons, and that's where it all starts from. It's just been a bad fit. There's been injuries. They made really bad decisions in the past when it comes to roster construction, letting KCP go, letting Caruso go guys that defend, guys that can hit the three, guys that are a little bit younger. They chased after names, and on roster, if you had all these guys in their prime, it might look a little bit different. But I think that's where a lot of the issues stem from.
2: Yeah, you're right. It all looks good on paper, Mm -hmm. but this also would have looked phenomenal five years ago. Right, right. 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 Real quick, just move that mic just a little bit closer to you. Uh, Yeah, so it's weird, right? Like, you gave up a lot to bring Russ in, and I I don't want to just point the blame all at Russ or Vogel. And I think the one thing you could kind of point blame at is the, the backup plan to AD being out. Because right. you just have to factor in this dude. Yo, he's had over 50 injuries, different injuries, on injury reports. It's so, crazy. like, you just have to expect him to miss time. And they didn't really have anything behind him. And I also have a problem with one of the reasons why I don't like the teams like the Sixers, teams like the Wolves... I have a problem building my team with
1: a big man being my go-to scorer. I like the Wolves. You do like the Wolves. And as great as Cat is, I think Anthony Edwards is that guy. I talked about this, and we're going to get to the MVP conversation, but I think he's in that conversation by the year 2024, I would say. Mm, Okay. And I think you could build around him. And Cat being that number two guy who will be – Probably a top 10 player himself at that point. That's why I like that team so much. And Pat Bev is bringing them all that toughness as well. So I like that team a lot. The Sixers, that's a totally different issue. And that hasn't looked too good with the acquisition of Harden. But Embiid is pro- is obviously playing at an yeah. MVP level.
2: Now we'll get to the Sixers in depth in just a sec. But I want to go back to the Lakers. and And the reason why I even brought up that point is, I don't know, man. There's just something about, like, I want my wing to be my guy. You know, I always... The the litmus test for me is the the I call it the five, 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 five deal, right? It's like okay. it's game five, it's a two-two series, you're on the road, five minutes left, you're down five. What's the five out there? Who's your go-to guy? Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like you're a little limited if it's your big.
1: I would say so. I would say so in the modern NBA, you want flexibility. And to your point, that top five matters even more than depth, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need 12 good guys in the playoffs. Oh, I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah. You narrow it down to at most, at most eight, eight exactly, rotations. Exactly, exactly. As long as everybody stays healthy, of course. Yeah, definitely. But no, you're absolutely right. That top five is so important, and it's even more important in depth than depth when it comes to the playoffs. So I totally agree with you there. When it comes to that five, yeah. what do the Lakers do from here? Oh man,
2: they got it. Because there's not much you could do too, because of the salary, not flexible. So and, everything you're gonna get is guys on the veterans minimum, cheap plug. You know, that's one of the reasons why we have. The name as it is, but that's about it, right? And how many guys can you get that can make an impact to come in and take less money like that?
1: Here's something that's not being talked about as well as much. I don't think guys in the NBA really want to play with those heliocentric type players that always need the basketball, whether it may be Trey, whether it may be Luca, whether it may be LeBron. I think players, and I think the NBA is trending towards a league where we need all 12 guys on the same page and maybe your star player blends in better with the rest of your team instead of being that total focal point Mm. if that makes sense so yeah I don't know if guys want to play with those guys but those guys are so good at what they do they give their team a chance as an offensive hub to win a championship but as I said I'm not sure that free agents really want to go there but there is the lore of LA. Right. Which everybody wants to live in LA. Yeah. And I'm not mad at them about that. So we'll see what develops.
2: I know, man. I I was doing a show with uh my guy Joe Fan over in Vegas. And he was like, yo, how's the weather over in New York? I was like, bro, like two two Fridays ago, it was like 70. That was and then, great. And then we got snow on Tuesday. I think I saw your boy Nick on that day. It was 70. He told me that you guys yeah, looked yeah, up. You guys yeah, were like, Ooh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, But it's just, yeah, I mean, I can't blame anyone wanting to live in Miami or, or in L.A. Not at all. You mentioned about flowing with the team, and I agree with that, because I also feel like the most successful teams that I've seen has always been the ones where, like, yeah, there's stars on it, but they kind of like the Spurs, right? Like, I mean, you had
1: mm-hmm. three, 100%, four Hall of
2: Famers.
1: 100%. I feel like Boston is like that. They're getting better at that because their players were more isocentric, and I feel like they're doing a better job. Their defense has been phenomenal. A better job of being a little bit less isocentric. Because that was always their issue, man. Like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were just taking turns, and they're mm-hmm. doing a lot better job of taking that spot-up shot and playing together. You're right. And you mentioned the Spurs. Memphis is like Spurs 2.0, in my opinion, the way they're blending. And we're going to get to the awards because I I think I got two guys who win the awards from the Memphis organization today. But they're just doing a great job of blending their star player with their role players and just getting high-quality guys, high-quality characters in the building, guys that work hard, guys that know what team means, you know, just like the Spurs did. I think they're Spurs 2.0. We got to see how they sustain it. But it's great to see their success.
2: Yeah, for sure. Memphis has been a revelation this year. I know they, they were a trendy pick for a team that can make some noise, but no one thought two seed. Like they're locked into the two seed, which is a hell of a seed for them. All right, let's get into the awards. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, and uh, I got to give you props, golf clap to my guy Combo, because when I first had you on the show. I said yo it's a two-man race i feel like for mvp and you're like yo not so fast man uh i don't have it as durant or curry i was like i think it's gonna be Jokic." it's a fact so let's let's open up with mvp where is your mvp vote going and is it still the same yeah i gotta stay with Jokic, man and i hate doing this i'm agreeing with you on that because i i think that's my mvp also why
1: why so you tell me first then I'll okay go. so
2: for me Like, historically, outside of the Westbrook year, which everyone that knows me and my audience, they know that, like, Harden should have been MVP that year in 2017. Also, I was financially invested, so I'm a little salty to this day. (laughs) But historically, you got to be a top three seed, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's an exception this year with what Jokic has been able to do. And it's mainly because think about all the players in the league. If you take the two best players away from him, how bad their team would be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he had no Jamal Murray. He had Porter Jr. in the beginning. But then you haven't seen really. him in three, four months. And at no point were they a playing team. Right. Like they were always in the, the five, six seed. And just night in, night out, he's getting production from guys that would not produce if it wasn't for him. And everything is on him he's dropping these insane like 38 15 and 14 games he has a bad game and it's like 28 8 and 8 and people are like oh what happened to Jokic?" you're like what the hell the bar's been set that high and also coming into this year he he was the most disrespected mvp winner by sports books i've ever seen because he had one mvp but he was like there was like eight guys ahead of him He was like 20 to one usually you're a favorite yeah and for what His usages, what he means to that team, not having your two guys with you, the fact that you at no point were in the playing game and you kept them afloat and competitive, I think it got to be Jokic. And that's not a slight to Embiid and to
1: Giannis and all these guys. That's a great point because I think a lot of people, when they start talking about their MVP, they try and diminish what the others have Bro, done. Bro, it's
2: always that. And yeah. it's so frustrating in this line of work. What I've noticed is that exact point where it's like, yo, who's your MVP? Oh, I got Tatum, hypothetical. It'd be like, nah, man, you're crazy. Like that, right. Just because I pick one guy doesn't mean the other guys suck or they not have
1: a, a good year. Right. It doesn't mean that person is crazy either. You're not either.
2: eliminating them from being amazing. You know what I mean? But it's 100%. it's such a peppy. Yeah, but go on.
1: My bad. So, yeah, I mean, coming into the season, I thought Jokic was going to win it because, first of all, he proved he could do it already, even though there's something called voter fatigue. He looked mm-hmm. like he was in even better shape from some of the videos I was watching, and that proved to be true. And then I thought he would just have the ball more because Jamal Murray wasn't there, and because their team wasn't that good this year and to that point they just did more with less he did more with less than some of those other MVPs I think even though they were great and there's a lot of people in this MVP conversation but if you look at the advanced numbers he's having some of the greatest NBA seasons ever I know we don't put everything into numbers but man he's just blowing people out of the water when it comes to the numbers and he's still in my MVP man just a little bit under
2: 27, 14, and 8, which nobody's ever done before. And he leads the NBA in just about every advanced metric there is. I'm not really that into advanced metrics and analytics, but it is fascinating and it gives you a different perspective. I'm a big eye test guy in, yeah. in all sports. It's just, for me, it's, it's always been like my number one prime factor. And then when you look at the roster around him, that just, you know, these numbers defend my case in our case, for Jokic being mm-hmm. MVP. But, I mean, he's having a monster season. And, and voter fatigue, I don't think it applies so much to, like, Jokic as it does to Giannis because Giannis has won it twice also, and now Giannis is the shiny new toy. Last couple of years, he's the best player in the league, just won right. a finals MVP. Or, or, like, LeBron fatigue, right? Tom Brady fatigue to cross over to another sport. So, for for Jokic, if he does go on and win it, which I think he does, I could see next year there being voter fatigue. Like, if Jokic ends up having 30, 15, and 13, and you're like, oh, he's he's
1: the MVP, it'd be like, nah, we'll give it a Booker or we'll give it to someone else. Yeah. I think another thing with him is that, to be honest, he's really not that marketable. So, that could lead to even more voter fatigue. He doesn't have that intrigue like a John Morant, like an Anthony Edwards these guys that have more personality than Jokic. I mean, Jokic is not even on social media, so I think that could hurt him in the long term when it comes to awards, but he's obviously such an impactful player and just one of the best players in the league, and I think he's had the best season so far. Yeah, I would agree with you. What If you didn't pick Jokic, who would you go? That stuff, I would go with Embiid. Embiid? Yeah, he's been great. I think there was a little time there where that Harden— Trade helped him, and then I think it slightly hurt him for a sec just with the adjustment and everything going on and them losing some games. But he's back on track now, and he's playing really well. So I'm not mad at anybody saying Embiid uh, is, is his MVP or their MVP, but yeah, I'm going to stick with Jokic, man.
2: Yeah, I'm going to stick with Jokic, too. I think a guy who really closed the gap on them, he's not going to win it, but I will look at guys like Booker. Like, to me, it was just crazy that there was no one from the Suns in the discussion. Like they just set a franchise record for wins, and they were clearly they've been the most dominant team start to finish. And even when they have guys out, they've still been so solid. And I just feel like the fact that no one from the Suns was in the
1: discussion. well, he Devin Booker, I don't well, know if you've been paying attention to NBA Twitter lately, but Devin Booker's been getting a lot of praise. Well, yeah, and, and he's been in the conversation lately.
2: Right, I'm saying lately, but like in the middle of the season, no one no, was talking yeah. about anyone on the Suns, and they, were, they had like 40 wins before anyone had like 30,
1: 30 wins. It was They were really dominant. So I think here's why that happens with the Suns. It's because it's hard to figure out who's the most valuable player of that team. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Paul brings so much value, even though his stats might not be like Devin Booker's. But Devin Booker, in my opinion, is the best player on that team, and they also have such a great coach – And such great role players and such a great system that I think that doesn't lend its hand for uh, Booker to win MVP. But he's having an awesome season. There's been a lot of guys for buzz in the conversation. And I don't think they're legit. They don't have legit MVP cases like DeMar had some buzz. Ja had some buzz. Devin's getting some buzz. But I really do think it comes down to Embiid and Jokic. And I'm not mad if you put Giannis in there as well. KD in my opinion is the best player in the world but I think he missed too much time to win the award. Well, that's the same thing with John ja yeah. Morant
2: and also with Ja, exactly. the, the fact that they're like what, 20 and 4 without him. Yeah. It also hurts you just a little bit. Like yeah. if if you're an MVP, like if Jokic is out for 25 games, they they probably go like 6 and yeah, 19. You know what I'm saying? Like so the fact that Ja misses time and they're still just a buzzsaw That's super impressive. And that kind of segues into who I think coach of the year should be. Mm. Taylor Jenkins. I agree with you. And I think that's the most – that's the biggest reason why. Like, you lose your superstar, he sits, and you're still just – that game that they played the Nets on that ESPN game was like a Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. I think, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, Desmond Bain just gunning. And Jared Jackson Jr., I think he he might be – He's like in my starting five for like league pass guys. Like I love watching him play. Jackson, like he's, he's great. awesome.
1: He's great on defense and he moves without the ball so well for a big man to be able to catch on movement and shoot threes like he does is, it's amazing. And they're locked into the two seed. Fifty five wins from Memphis. They shattered
2: their win total in the beginning of the year. Yeah. I think they had the biggest, like they covered it by the most amount of games. So for me, I think that's the most. That's the biggest appeal to Taylor Jenkins being yeah. coach now I know Monty yep. probably ends up winning mm-hmm. it and I feel like he should have won it last year too, but exactly. it was the Knicks hype.
1: So, so they might give him it because they should have won it last year. year, you know? And I'm not mad at it. He deserves it. He's up there. I think Coach Spo is probably the best coach in the league, to be honest. But mm. I don't think he'll win it this year. Just like how Katie won't win MVP. Like, I think that's the best player, best coach, in my opinion. But you're right. I would go with Taylor Jenkins, and that's why i come in here. I know it doesn't make for good podcasting that we're agreeing on the first two awards, but we definitely do.
2: Yeah. I, well, I, I don't think he wins it, though. Mm, okay. So I, I, think,
1: I think he does.
2: Do you think Taylor Jenkins does? I would say, yeah. Monty, based off what you said, too, where he should have won it last year. Yeah. So the fact that he has an even better season now, I feel like they give it to him. Yeah,
1: For, to your point with them playing that good without John Morant, Memphis. I think you almost have to give it to Coach Jenkins, yeah, even man. though Monty has been great. Yeah, it's so it's so crazy.
2: Like, th- think about like Jokic. If Giannis is off the team, how bad they would be? They wouldn't be like Knicks bad, but they would still Who, the sh- Nuggets. I'm talking about just in general. Like, it's so fascinating that John Morant misses time.
1: Yeah, that and team would be bad. Like t- and, and and to Embiid's point, the Sixers would be really bad for that first, yeah, you know, half of the season without uh, him playing, you know. Yeah, it would tough. be it would be awful too. Uh, so we agree on coach of the year.
2: Um, do you think going back to MVP? Do you think Jokic ends up winning it, or is that your pick? Both, both. Yeah, yeah I, I'm the same way too. And yeah. then with with coach of the year,
1: you my think you think your is pick is Jenkins, but you think Monty will win. Monty, it. yeah. I think that that sounds about right but I think Taylor will win it and I think he should win it. So, I guess we differ a little bit on that, but not really. <laughs> let's let's hear your take for rookie of the year. Oh, this is my favorite one, man. Okay, who this you is got? my favorite one cuz it's the same kind of thing with the coach and MVP. I don't think the rookie that I have for rookie of the year will end up being the best player out of this draft class. But he is a guy that I was really high on before the season. I talked about him over and over again. He wasn't top five for a while. And then he snuck in that top five. And Raptors fans were upset. They drafted him. Look, bro. Look what I have for rookie. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Same Barnes, one, man. man. Scotty Barnes. Can,
2: can I tell you my reason real quick? Go ahead. I, I know in the past and historically rookie of the years in all sports team success don't really matter as much it's more so of the numbers that get you to win it like i know odell in football he had like 1400 yards with the giants but the giants won like six games that year but even in the nba like you've seen guys win it and their teams don't make the playoffs i think what he's meant to the raptors and he's playing like 35 minutes a game too this isn't a guy that he's they're very they're putting good, out.
1: he's a very good nba player already
2: very solid right off the bat you can trust them he'll be there in crunch time and he's done a lot for them, and I think he's a big reason for their success. So that's why I and I feel you the same way. Like I would take Mobley over him.
1: Mm-mm, that's not who I'm going with.
2: Who? Oh, so wait. So Scotty Barnes isn't your 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 pick?
1: Oh, I thought you meant to be better. Oh overall. yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moby no, is, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go with Mobley. Is it Green? I, I feel like you have a man crush on Green. Nah, Cade Cunningham's <laughs> going to be the best player Kate? to come out of this draft. Yeah, Cade's Kate, has um, some games too. So why Scotty Barnes wins? and why I would have him above Evan Mobley is because I think he has more impact on the offensive side, just like I think Cade has more impact on the offensive side than Mobley, but Mobley has had a great season and has a lot of impact on that winning team. I would have Scotty over Cade because Cade has no doubt been the best rookie in the second half of the season, but he did have somewhat of a slow start. Not really his fault. He had an injury you know, which kind of slowed him down a little bit. But Scotty was good right out the gates. People thought his weakness was shooting, which has been spotty at times, but he's been showing that he's a willing shooter. He's obviously been an already, you know, already been a high-level defender. And he makes the right play over and over again. And the stats are there. Like his stats match up with some of the other guys' stats, you know. You could give or take some guys, you know, might average a little more points. Some guys might average some more assists, but he's right there when it comes to the stats. And he's been a big part of a really good team. So just his consistency from beginning to end and him. And on both sides, too. And on both sides um, is the reason why I would have him as the rookie
2: of the year. So if you're into like these like rankings that NBA.com puts out, they have him third.
1: I know, I know. Behind Mobley and I disagree. Kade. I disagree. Yeah.
2: And then they also have a graphic that he's the first rookie since Luca. And the 22nd rookie in NBA history to average 15, 7, and 3 in a season. Every rookie to do so over the last 10 years has won Rookie of the Year. Now, you factor in the team success also. I think it's Barnes.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's Barnes. He's been great. I was trying to tell everybody before the draft, this guy has to go top five. And I even said that Houston should take him at number two. And some people thought I was crazy, but I don't think it looks as crazy now. Even though Jalen Green's been coming on really strong too, he's been, you know, a bunch of thirty-point games lately. So yeah, I
2: see. That's why. That's who I thought you were gonna pick because of, man, uh, all these guys I, I are see, really good. Nah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yo, the last two classes have been pretty phenomenal, man.
1: Yeah, I think this class falls off a little bit. Yeah, you think so? Class. How come? Yeah, they just don't have the guys. Like nobody's sparking my interest like a lot of these guys were last year. But obviously, I think you know Paul Ochette and Jabari. Oh, are be nah,
2: good. man. I was talking about. I'm talking about. uh the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one class. Oh yeah, yeah, no. I was just yeah. saying that I don't think this upcoming oh, this draft coming up. okay, gotcha.
1: will be as um will be as good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Chet though. I think he should go number one, but I don't think they'll be as good as these two classes, you know. And then there's these all these guys who are um who weren't even in the top five, like A.O. Sumu and all kinds of guys that are like been really strong and playing really well as rookies.
2: And dude, even like second year guys like quickly I think has been the, mm-hmm. the lone I would say him and RJ's emergence as a Knicks fan have been the two big bright spots at least you're like oh you know we've got some building blocks here to move forward most definitely see what happens alright defensive player of the year don't say Rudy Gobert please <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm done with that well, man I'm done I with think, the jazz uh,
1: <laughs> I can't do it No, nah, I'm not going with Rudy I'm going to go with Marcus Smart the best defensive player on the best team I know some would argue that Robert Williams is the best defensive player on that team but I'm going to go with Marcus Smart such a versatile defender um Could guard multiple positions. Just been great all around on defense this year. And I know all the advanced metrics, it kind of doesn't lend its hand to guards winning this award. But I don't really care about that too much because I don't think defensive metrics matter too much, Um, matter as much as they do on offense. And yeah, I'm going to go with Marcus, man. I know it's hard for a guard to win Defensive Player of the Year because the way defense is, is that a big man is usually involved in every defensive play, anchoring the defense. But I'm going to go with a guard, and I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. And the Celtics overall have just been great defensively. Yeah. Marcus Smart, I think, wins it. Mm. I'd say BAM.
2: You got a great chance. So the the my favorite thing about, like, the reason why I'm so off Rudy Gobert is I've just seen him completely just become a non-factor in so many big games. And when they draw him out, he's just not as versatile as, like, a guy like Bam is. And I think for me, like, if you're the best defender, I value, like, guys like Ben Simmons. Right? I know we haven't seen him in a minute, but the guy that could switch on the guard and get the big, like, to me, that's – you just affect the game in so many different ways. And it's more impactful that way as opposed to being – like, how many –
1: Back to the basket centers do we have in the league. Right. Yeah, so now, like now Gobert,
2: I think, is a little limited there.
1: Yeah. Uh Gobert, he's I mean, he's actually been really good defensively, but their team has been bad this year. And I think it's just fatigue with him too. Like nobody wants to see him win it. Yeah. Day. And and also I don't like, even want to see him win it I just over, have bitch. the
2: sour taste of just seeing him in playoff games. Well, well it is a regular
1: season award though. You are absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. But I you know what? That- I think narrative plays into a part where you do add the playoffs in a little bit of previous years, right? There is a little bit of that. Like, well, voters are human.
2: Right. And also, yeah. I
1: think the big mistake
2: that the NBA does is, like, the regular
1: season ends on Sunday. Why
2: not have an awards show Wednesday and just give out these awards now? Why wait too much? I've been I've been ranting about this shit for years. It's true. You're right. It's so I agree. dumb to wait until the conference finals and then Giannis gets bounced in the second round. He wins MVP and they're like, yo, he couldn't even get past the heat. They lost in five. And then it sort of, it slights how great he was in the regular season.
1: Right. Like I the
2: NFL, NFL does the same thing. They give the award out the day before the Super Bowl. It like, so,
1: has to be some reason when it comes to business that we're not privy to maybe. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it has
2: to be. Because yeah. now even like the TNT guys, they do that award show also. And they'll have like rappers come and perform. Like Drake did it one year and he yeah. was like the MC. So I get it. You create more buzz, but you could do the same thing by just doing it earlier too. Right? Right, We're not telling right. you not to have an award show. Right. I just think it'd be cool to maybe you give guys a couple, you know, instead of starting the playoffs three days after the regular season ends, right. do it in five days. Give them some rest, you know, a mm-hmm. bum ankle or something, and then you have your award show. I just feel like it would be more significant if you're like, all right, man, Jokic won MVP. Congratulations. As opposed to them playing in the first round, they play the Mavs, they get bounced, and then you're like, oh, was he really? Well, Luka hey. was the MVP. You know, he's dropping 40 a game. So that's I agree with
1: you man. I agree with you 100%. I think you're spot on with that point.
2: Yeah, I just like be better NBA, be better.
1: <laughs> uh all right man, let's wrap up with this.
2: Um Might be a hot take. I don't know. I want to hear what you think, but this might be the most competitive first round that I'm not going to say in history because I've only been following the NBA for like 15 years, but for as long as I've been around i think it's going to be the most competitive
1: first round because you have some i think i'm thinking about the nets right now right you're thinking about the Nets, yeah
2: but even like your 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 three six matchups are going to be intriguing your your four fives obviously always but yeah you have like the nets right mm-hmm. in in the west if Kawhi and paul george i know paul george has been back but like Kawhi, maybe who knows we don't know because he doesn't talk also right so we have no idea like what's good but I just think the the level of competition has been so—the the, the balance has shifted. It's not so much like two, three teams. I think it's very competitive across the board. Now, I'm not saying that I still think it's only two, three teams that I could see winning the whole thing. Mm. But you might see more first-round series go six or seven games as opposed to the pass where it's like sweeps and whatnot.
1: I think that's been like the common denominator throughout this whole conversation that there's just more balance. There's more competition. Look how many guys we have in the MVP mix, you know, in the Coach of the Year award. It, we so we talked about like five rookies, right? Yeah, just the NBA is so competitive now. I also think like the middle of the road NBA player is closer to the star player than ever before. I just mm. think there's like a lot of really good NBA players. So yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's going to be like that for a while, like going forward. Like, I don't think the difference between the 1 and the 8 team is going to be as grand as it used to be. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And
2: also think about this, right? Like, I know Atlanta's been bad all season, and, you know, they're in the playing game, but they probably get the 8 seed. You're Miami. You, the Hawks just made the conference finals last year, and they still have a guy that could take over a game, and they got a lot of depth. So it's not going to be a cakewalk for Miami. I still pick them to win it, but I think it could be a little interesting. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then, obviously, you got the 7 seed in, in the Nets who... You know, only Milwaukee has better odds than them to win the East despite them being the 7th seed. So
1: I do think there's more than three teams that can win it all, though. Okay, tell me. I think the Heat can win it all. Okay, I, I agree. I think the Nets can win it all. I think Sixers have an outside chance to win it all. But... I, I completely
2: disagree with you on the Sixers.
1: Okay. When you, ha- when you have Harden and Joel, you have a chance. Do you? With Harden. Well, Harden has been playing well lately. But he, he has. But, he but sh- we've he sh- just seen
2: him in big moments. No, no, no. He hasn't playoffs. He has not. Oh, I'm he has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that yeah. that's why I feel like dude, I was such Well, let's go through the teams first. Right, right. But but I want to say on the Sixers point because like I was, you know, I give out some betting advice and whatnot. And I bet the Heat and the Bucks to win the East. One of yeah. the two. Right. And I like it so far because the path for those of those both of those teams potentially it would be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So then I'd basically be cashing a ticket anyway, right? Like whoever wins it, I, I would wins the the East. Smart man. And a lot of people hit me up and they're like, "Yo, what about the Sixers?" It's like, dude, no one has lost more money on James Harden propositions and teams with the Rockets than I have. Hey, and there's been too many games where it's three of eighteen from the field. Bro, there's there's one of 11 at halftime and he just disappears in these playoff games. And I've seen a 10 year sample
1: size of this. What makes this one any different? You know, I used to always think that was just like narrative and people were talking a little (laughs) bit about that a little bit too much. But when I saw that game versus the Nets this year, that was really concerning. That was eye opening. I know it's a regular season game. I know it's one game. But bro, that's your old team. As a basketball player, every basketball player knows me. If I'm playing against my old team, I'm trying to kill them. Yeah. And that I, the Tiger, just wasn't there. Kyrie was pressuring him full court, flustering him. I mean, you got to do better than that. We call a that game. a soul snatching performance by Kyrie because he's like picking him up full court. He's you're, like, Yo, you're fuck too that. skilled. You're too talented. Yeah. You're too good of an offensive player to look like that in a game that, yeah, it's not a playoff game, but that game meant a lot. The intensity, though. The intensity. Ben Simmons in the building. People booing him. You became the story. And Ben's supposed to be that story, even him sitting on the side, you know? So that was really concerning, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I used to think that was very narrative-based, but I'm with it now. I think that was, like, that was bad, man. That wasn't a good look for James. I don't have all the games in front of me, but there's been...
2: Remember that epic comeback the Rockets had against the Clippers mm-hmm. where they were down like 30? It was, mm-hmm. He was on the bench for that, right? There's there's a game six at home against the Spurs. They lose by 40 at home
1: with the yeah. Rockets.
2: Like, there's just a lot of moments, He man, was doing where, some
1: weird stuff with Chris Paul where he was just hanging out at half court while they were playing four on five. It was just a lot. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. He seems to get in and out of shape at a level that doesn't even seem realistic like, like, like during a season like one day he'll be you know in shape then 5 days later i don't know he looks like he gained 15 pounds i don't know if it's the angles you know yo, like the females I, like I, to, I, you know the females on ig like to do the angles you yo, know and they i, the, I like, know exactly what you mean about Harden too
2: bro because it's so weird like when he when he was on the nets you're like damn yo know, this guy is you know he's put on a couple of lbs and then he shows up on the Sixers, and he looks shredded. You're like, "What
1: just happened?" Dude? And now he's back. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's so weird with him. Carmelo was the same way too. Carmelo was the same way, but I don't think anybody has been as quick with it as James Harden. And then I'll go with Zion number two, oh, fluctuating a, in and out of weight. Yeah. Zion is a whole. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, but we'll save a that whole for another day. Dynamic. But uh, some of the
2: matchups potentially, right? Like- Wait,
1: but what? But we didn't, fo- we didn't figure out who are the teams that could actually win it all. So we agreed on more than three already, right? Right. Because we have the Suns. We have the Bucks, We have the Heat. We have the Nets. Nets. That's like, what, four or five right there, that's, right? That's four.
2: And you said Sixers I disagreed with, which is okay, fair. Okay, but
1: PG is back with the Clippers, right? <laughs> Kawhi could still come back. Yeah. Memphis. You never know, man. That's a lot of teams right there that you wouldn't be like super shocked if they won it all, right? It's more than three. You gotta admit it's more than three.
2: Yeah, I, I might have been capping by saying yeah, three. Yeah. But I think it's a. But it's, I think that's what's
1: making this season great. Mm. You know? How yeah. many teams would you say would shock you if they won? Well, name a team and I'll tell you if they shocked me. The Bulls. Yeah, super shocked. But also Lonzo's injured. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, and they, they also probably get Milwaukee in the first round. Yeah, that, that that would super shock me. I'm not gonna lie. But those teams that I said uh, they wouldn't shock me. And also, you know, a lot of it is about who stays healthy. So you always yeah, know that's the key that's true. To, yeah, that's always the case. Yeah, it's not it's not so much who's playing the best. It's
2: who's available. Hundred percent. I've always felt that way too. Got to have that injury luck for yeah, sure. Definitely, yeah, definitely, man. And that's a real thing too. But like I'm looking at it right, like Miami might play the Hawks in the first round. Nets are going to play the Celtics like the Celtics made this huge oh, ass Celt- run and you're like Yo, hey we it's didn't it's even going?
1: mention them that's another team you're not surprised by." I think we named like seven you know yeah I don't know I don't know about the Celtics though
2: well, I think it's because of the draw like if they were playing the Bulls in the first round I'd be like you know yeah
1: they could get past that but against the Nets I don't know man you think yeah you know what I think that might be the most interesting series right there hmm yeah Think that might be the most interesting rematch from last year in the first round because you know the Nets do have the top end talent there with Kyrie and KD, but Boston's team defense is just phenomenal. The key for the Nets is the offense is going to be there. What could they do defensively? Yeah, and Ben would help tremendously even if he could come back at ninety percent, but yo, eighty five percent. I don't think we see him. I don't think they could
2: win without him. I know that's why I'm a little hesitant about picking the Nets. If I knew first, I just, we just don't know, right? Like the epidural shit came out too. Honestly,
1: if Ben, because he's a great fit there, in my opinion. Yeah. And if he could be healthy, if he could be 90% of what he is, I think they have a great chance to win it all. He's he's the plug
2: for them. Like he's the key for them. He was the big piece and why they even made that trade too. But I
1: just don't feel like we see him. You could be right. You could be right. Backs are tricky. Backs are tricky. But they're not letting out everything nobody knows as much as they know well that's nobody why I think, knows as much as ben knows
2: i think that's why the clippers are interesting too because no one knows really about Kawhi. like they showed a video of Kawhi. he walked he looked fine walking obviously it's walking i heard he he's been playing in, some basketball and, and he was like throwing up the peace signs and he looked like he was in good spirits i know it was a 13 second video but
1: ty lu one of the best playoff coaches mm-hmm. pg-13 another guy along with Drew Holiday like i think they're so underrated like guys like him and Drew Holiday and
2: another guy who kind of has these roller coaster playoff games who pg yeah man nah PG. nah he he,
1: he he was cooking last year I've
2: dedicated an entire episode to Paul George in the because the year that he went to the thunder for an
1: all sports podcast to to, to dedicate an entire episode to pg 13 that's interesting man
2: so he he I've, I've always been a PG guy uh the, the guy year, has no weaknesses yeah first the, of all. the guy uh the year that he went to the thunder where he finished like third in MVP I believe it was I felt like he should have won MVP that year and I, I, basically that I've defended him a lot. Him, Harden, I've defended a ton, right? And he, PG also has those like 4 of 17 from the field, 11-point playoff games. And, and, and if you want to be an alpha like that and be well, in Well, Kawhi's that there, though. Right. That's why the dynamic between him and Kawhi helps him. But still, he's your second guy. You, you can't have those kind of games. Remember last year, early on in the Bucks playoff run, you would have those, like, 12 of 48 from the field for Middleton and Drew. And then Giannis was doing his 35 and 18, whatever he was doing. And I would come on the show and be like, yo, just, just hit, like, 40% of your shots. You two combined, right? Like, let's not have 12 of 38, uh, 15 of 53 from the field. Like, give us something manageable. And then you saw them starting to cook up together. And then that's when they end up winning. Drew, Drew
1: does so much, right? Outside yeah. of and,
2: and Paul George
1: does the same thing, exactly. Too, but also outside of it, like what, Drew is on it on defense all the yeah. time. Honestly, he has all star level impact, even though he's not an all star. Like he's better than some of those all star. He's a better basketball player than some of these all stars. Right. You know.
2: Nah, I would agree with you. He's always been a guy who, like, I remember one time I made like a top made like a top five list for point guards in the league and someone asked me about drew and i was just like ah he's like 16th and they he's
1: remembered. like more than a point guard though because he could like guard every yeah. position you know Yeah, the versatility too. And he like could he play is. one two three probably so yeah he's just a really good basketball player
2: yeah and that trade that they made a couple of years ago to bring him in and they gave up all those first round picks how do you feel about draft picks bro I've i've never i've never asked you this it's a it's a thing where like i'm immediately gonna start judging you based on your answer just so you
1: know but where do you stand when it comes to draft picks? First of all, nobody knows. That's right. a big part of it. Right. Second of all, I probably don't put as much stock in them as other people would. Like I like to see what the player is and then get that player. I'm not really into the idea of a player as I, much as others would be. So we're
2: we're on the we're in the same lane. Yeah. I never understood But you know, that. every
1: team values them differently. That's the thing. That's true too. It yeah. also
2: depends where you are as an organization, right? Like you're in a complete re- rebuild. I get it. But for me, if I could get an established commodity, I could get an established player. 100%. I am giving you all my picks to get that right. Like, 100%. how many, how many draft picks would you give up to get like a guy like Jokic and Giannis? You know what I'm saying?
1: You gotta like, understand that most guys who get drafted don't stay in the league after about three, four years, right? So yeah, in in yo in all sports, a I third- don't have the exact stat with me, but.
2: A third of the league, I can tell you in the NFL because I've done another episode I've dedicated just to, just to that. It's like the first round. Oh, my God. I got a, We got two first round picks. Yo, let's go. or Whatever it might be. A third of the league is out of the league in four years. That's just historical data that you could look through. Mm-hmm. A third of the first round become solid seven to ten year career guys. You're not excited about them, but you're not angry. You're like, you know what? That right guard, I'm comfortable with it. We could win. And then you have a third of the first round picks that become your all pros, franchise, mm-hmm. key guys. That's the history of the first round in the NFL. And then in the NBA, its it, I'd have to go and look through it, but off the top, I would say it's probably very similar. How many lottery picks are like, bro, the process in Philly. A
1: lot you- of those guys became good, though.
2: Right, but like yeah, New Orleans, yeah. Noel didn't pan out as as much as they thought. Uh, uh, Mikel Bridges is
1: good, you know. Joel is obviously great. There's a lot more guys too. Yeah, But
2: but Foltz they got rid of. He's good. He is good. But I'm saying like what, what Philly was doing, valuing the tank, right? Trust the process.
1: One guy is left. Yeah. It's only Embiid. Yeah, but th- so what I'm saying is those guys are making an impact around the league, which is They good. are. Yeah, good. absolutely. But I'm yeah. talking about just the
2: Sixers. And right. yeah, they traded some of those to open up right, room, right, right, to right. get guys value. in. Right, absolutely. Right. absolutely, right? Like, you That's traded Simmons I feel like harder.
1: it did work for the Sixers because they've been in contention for a while now. Like, only one team could win the championship, right? So, in my opinion, the process worked. Mm. I know nobody's going to say it absolutely worked until they win a championship, but... They're an interesting team in the NBA. They're contenders. They fill up the stands. I think people don't put enough value in that. Like they think well, you think there's 29 failing teams in the NBA because they didn't win a championship? Like that's another thing. Obviously, I'm a competitive person. I always want to win the championship, but that doesn't mean your team is a total disaster if they didn't win a championship. Like they've had really good teams and they filled up the stands. So it's hard to win, yo. Yeah. It's one team. It's but it's funny how everybody is just gearing towards that. Either you're bottoming out and rebuilding towards a championship, or you're contending for a championship you never want to be in in, uh, in the in between, right? Like the Pacers. So it's just an interesting NBA. But hey, if you fill the stands, if it's making money, if there's interest in your team, it's not the end of the world either, right? You know?
2: I want everything that you just mentioned there. I want my team to be competitive. I want you to make a run. I want to be happy watching you.
1: Yes, yes. Box office stuff. Involved. Yeah, have
2: some stars. Like that's it's hard to win, bro. That's the one thing that has changed with me the most. Growing up in like this industry too, and in, like sports media, and looking at it from a different perspective, not just fanboy shit. Oh, no, it's hard to win. You need all your players to stay healthy. You need your organization to to be right it's difficult it doesn't make you a failure if you don't win a ring obviously you want that but yeah it's it's hard i want you to be competitive i don't want you to be a joke like as a giants fan it's been a nightmare the last five years because they're not even fun to watch
1: yeah that's 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 when it gets bad
2: if you're bad at least be fun to watch at least make me want to invest money to come see you i don't even want to watch you bro i would watch since i was 14 years old i until this season I watch every single Giants game twice. I watch it once on Sunday, and then I rewatch it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Like, in the whole game, straight through again. Every single one. This year, I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. You're, not even, you're not even enjoyable. Like, even if you lose, like, you know, lose by a field goal, make it competitive, but you're just no-showing, just, like, getting thumped. Yeah. Nah, no, I agree with you. That, I agree to with you. me, is the making of a good team.
1: And the best part of the modern NBA, even these tanking teams are really fun like okc is fun the rockets are super fun right now. i think the magic i cover them i know they're really bad but they have some fun players um i'm missing somebody here there's one more tanking team that's fun and um it's kind of but there's a few of them there's a few of them that are like these teams are these teams have really
2: i think i think the pistons are interesting too exactly
1: that's who i'm missing sadiq bay cade cunningham uh marvin bagley's looking better Hopefully, Killian Hayes can improve on the offensive side. But they're a really fun team with Cade, man. Cade is going to be a very special player for a lot of years to come.
2: Yeah, man. I like where this conversation went because I always feel like with draft picks, it's it's, it's kind of a polarizing topic. Like People are super – I have friends that are super – like, no, nah, I can't give up the number three pick. I'm like, yo, you wouldn't – before he got hurt, I was like, yo, you wouldn't give the number three pick up straight up for Clay Thompson? Are you kidding me? I was like, bro, what?
1: Clay Thompson, he's a –
2: uh, this is prior. In to conver- the, oh, okay. This is prior to him getting hurt. I'm talking about just like on the surface, like yo, I would give up the number three pick for like Clay Thompson or Bradley Beal.
1: But nobody the, would even. No team would even. Uh, it was yeah, a hypothetical. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm okay. saying because
2: like I have friends right. that are super passionate about draft pick. They're like, no, the, the number three pick is untouchable. It's like,
1: is it really? It's not untouchable for Clay Thompson. For Clay Thompson yeah, prior yeah. to injuries or, yeah, or Bradley yeah. Beal, who if he goes I on mean, any other team, it's rare that a number three. It's I wouldn't say rare. It's. It's unlikely your number three pick will be as good as Klay Thompson.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Let's look. We could probably go on and look at all the number three picks. How many yeah. of them are as good as Klay Thompson? I mean, Klay Thompson was in the mix to be top 75. Like, he was right there. Can't say he's not top 80 of all yeah. time. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> but on that team, he does it. That's like a perfect mix. Like, I think they all helped each other, those guys. Like, Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Dream yeah, on. well, yeah. if
2: if we go into
1: super detail, you can yeah, make exactly. some counter.
2: But I'm talking about like on the
1: surface, right? right, right? right. Like no, you want Clay for any draft pick.
2: Cuz like you said, if if you give up the third, if you draft someone in the third round and it turns out to be Clay Thompson, you're that's third like pick. one of that's yeah. a
1: franchise
2: altering selection.
1: Pick. If you take Clay Thompson at number 1, that's a great pick. So when when the Pittsburgh
2: Steelers many years ago, they gave up a first round pick to Miami and they got Minka Fitzpatrick, who was 24 years old, very good player. But he was on Miami, and they were doing a rebuild. And it's like, how does Pittsburgh give up a first-round pick? It's like, dude, if Pittsburgh, who always is picking in like the 20s because they're a pretty good team, they make the playoffs pretty much every year. Tomlin has never had a losing season. But it's like, if you're telling me that the 19th pick overall, I could get a Minka Fitzpatrick, would you be happy? Yeah, I would be happy. So why are you mad at Pittsburgh for trading a first-round pick to get that guy? Right. And it's also, you're not giving up. I'm not telling you to give up a first-round pick for Russell Westbrook, who is 33 years old, he's on the decline, right? I'm talking about guys 25, 26 years old entering their athletic prime, and they're all NBA caliber guys. Right. I agree I'm with you, I'm giving up the draft pick, bro. Yeah. I'm gotta, giving it get up. Get those draft picks out of here. <laughs> I,
1: it could happen. I mean, obviously, you could always hit. I mean, but it is an interesting conversation because every team does value them differently. And I don't think there's like a true consensus on how valuable those actually are. It's, it's, You know, a lot of numbers go into it and what kind of draft class is coming in, how you project that draft class to come in. I, I guess a lot goes into it, but I think we're on the same page. Yeah, Dude, this was fun, man. Oh, it was a blast, man. It's always great being here talking in person. Yeah, man, I love the setup here. I love being on your show. And whenever you need me on, just hit me up. You know where to find me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or reliable. And on time, too. Come on, man. Uh, plug away, bro. Where can they find
1: you? Combo's Court, wherever you listen to podcasts. C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. You can find me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Twitter, Combo's Court. Same name as the podcast. And you can find me on the Veterans Minimum, man. Let's go. We're here, man. We're out here. At Veterans <laughs> Minimum
2: is where you can find everything for the show. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Minimum. You can get Monday's episode up now. At the time that you're listening to this. And yeah, UFC. There's going to be a UFC pod up on Friday. Going to run through some of the betting picks. The boy is on fire. Yeah? Yeah, I've won like eight in, of the in UFC? Last, yeah. Eight when are we
1: st- having a watch party? I want to pull up. I mean, I might not be able to give as much insight when it comes to MMA. But I want to be here, man. Yeah, you come yeah. Are you, are you into MMA at all? I like it, but I am not like always paying attention to it because yeah. i'm so you know I'm, I'm in my basketball world but i enjoy it it's uh i would love to go to a live one soon
2: it'll I, change it'll change your outlook on the sport
1: yeah yeah
2: it's in person there is not a better sporting event to go to in person i say this all the time the ufc should be paying me interesting it's legit my number one and i've been to super bowls i've been to msg playoff games that are intense a pay-per-view ufc card
1: that's let's make let's put man. that on our bucket list to go. I'll go with you, bro. Yeah, man. We just got to figure it out. will we'll yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
2: All right, everybody. We'll catch you guys next time. Talk soon.